Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including DuckTales, which we'll be talking about today. I'm your host, Alice Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. And Steve Zuck. Hi. Uh, today we are getting into the latest two episodes of DuckTales, the B- Ballad of Duke Baloney and the town where everyone was nice. <laughs> um, you can catch up with our previous discussion of DuckTales episodes uh, on OverTheAnimated.com. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverTheAnimated or wh- wherever your preferred podcatcher is. We always appreciate any ratings or reviews you want to leave us. But yeah, we're we're back to talk DuckTales a little later than than we usually do, but mm-hmm. we're we're here nonetheless to continue our rhythm of mm-hmm. two two episodes per podcast and yeah. we have a uh, two two uh, one group of new characters and one character that we haven't seen in a while to mm-hmm. talk about here. Yeah. Um so I guess we'll do our basics of, of which of two, of the two episodes you guys enjoyed more what stood out to you from from this batch um Michelle you you will let you go first so what what stood out to you of these two episodes Um well I think uh my preference is probably going to be for the Ballad of Duke Baloney which I can't imagine is going to be a radical opinion tonight mm-hmm. Um, I was a little sad that, okay, so my thing is, when Glumgold became Duke Baloney, like, Scrooge was right, he was a lot happier, he had, like, a family, he, he fished, he, he was more or less content, and I was really sad that they had to flip it all around and, and bring him back into his old ways, because, yeah, it it probably would have been a lot better for him to stay where he was in his fake life. Okay, that, that's so, my hot take. <laughs> so for uh, empathy for for Glomgold is the, yeah. the big the big takeaway here, which is yes, I I, I sympathize with that with that feeling. Um, Steve, uh, how did you feel about these two two episodes? Yeah, uh, actually, I was more excited about the uh, Duke of uh, the the Duke Baloney episode. Um. The Ballad of Duke Baloney. Um, mainly the fact that we kind of know what the main plot of the season is going to be. And it's going to be Scrooge and Glongo's bet. And I always, I'm always, already speculating over how that's probably going to go. Um, especially I was right, though. They should have left well enough alone. Glongo mm. or, or Duke was very happy and content. He actually had a family. like, And it's very sad because I always thought the gif- one difference between... Scrooge and Glomgold is Scrooge had his had a family and Glomgold was always by alone a loner and he had it and he blew it he just threw it all away which is kind of sad and in fact it's confirmed though that he's he's South African just like in the uh, comics so that's kind of neat and Scrooge man he is really old man I mean he's like a whole like. He was, I, he I was think old. that's been established. Yes, I know. But old. compared to Glongo, he knew Glongo was a little kid, which, which again actually makes that whole like Goldie episode look a little more weird now because Glongo was hitting on a woman that's way older than him. So okay, let's not shame people's rela- <laughs> relationship desires here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so you also were, were in love with the Glongold, it seems. And uh, yes. I, I'll, I'll make it three out of three. I think that the Duke Baloney episode is more, uh, uh, by far and away, the more interesting of these two episodes. 
Uh, Glam Gold, obviously, we know him as the kind of go- goofy side villain that we never really take that seriously. He's gotten a bit, a bit up and up in like as the episodes have gone along, and so here it makes it all the more heartbreaking when you finally see him like having a ha- yeah. happy mood as an alter persona. And then we get this very interesting flashback to like him and Scrooge. Like that, that's a dynamic that we haven't gotten. Like it, them acting earnestly towards each other. And then there's also like a various sequences in the middle of the episode that are also just creatively interesting to watch, and they're they're unique. So I think that the Ballad of Duke Baloney is a very strong episode of Ducktales. We'll probably talk about the Three Caballeros one later because it seems like most of like most of what we have to talk about is the Duke Baloney one. So I guess we'll we'll start there. Yeah, that's saying something because you know I'm a big Donald fan, but you know I'm yeah. just thinking, I just <laughs> we'll, thought we'll, of this, we'll, we'll hold that. Yeah, I just thought yeah, yeah. something. I just thinking though. Really, you talking, Alex, you made me just realize something that Glongo reminds me a lot of our old friend Boxman. So, no, <laughs> no I Michelle, why are you so, so vehement against that comparison? Because I was thinking, what makes Boxman so great, but Glongo not very great? And I wasn't able to figure out why. But it's an obsession, though, and they can never be happy and content. Their obsession with certain things that's what my comparison is. How I I could totally see something similar with Bachman. How he he could throw away a very content, happy life over his obsession. It's just like we saw here. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe Boxman is more empathetic, and his earnestness makes him a little more appealing than. I'm not Glock. saying I'm not saying they're exactly the same. I'm just saying they're sort of their weakness. It's kind of similar. Uh, I, I will step to Steve's side here. There there are some comparisons here in terms of the kind of villainy they do. And also, like, their backgrounds, right? Like, the, I think this is the good thing of, of modern cartoons, that we're getting villains who have a backstory as to, like, why they are the way they are and why they get obsessive. In this case, they both have uh, very long-lasting grudges <laughs> towards yeah. the, op- the opposite side. And uh, like, uh, especially with uh, with Glamgold, like uh, I I really enjoy the way that they, because it the the way that it, he's turned at the end with this sequence of him being a shoe shiner and this Scrooge tries to give him a coin to like teach him a lesson, turning what could he had received as a lesson when he was a kid and but like it doesn't work with with glomgold mm. and uh, just seeing how different the same action can mm. happen depending on other circumstances like i, I found that interesting as a contrast so to, uh, considering so, how this show has framed that in the past so, so that's another thing scrooge can blame on his father <laughs> yeah i guess so <laughs> Well, uh, um, Michelle, how, how did you feel about this whole Scrooge Glamgold interaction at the end of the episode? No, I mean, I did think it was really interesting, and I appreciate that we have more backstory. Um, I mean, I, I'm i wondering the same thing Steve is, and that is this going to be one of the major arcs of the season? Mm-hmm. Because I really hope not, because that's really not... It's just, that well, does not bode uh, uh, well at well, all. Well, I do think it's subverted, though, It because I... I really think though, Glam. I, I I maybe out on a limb here, but I think Glongo's gonna win. He's gonna win this bet. Well, that's what I mean. But for the status quo to remain, like then there, there had to be a very quick oh. situation, no, maybe I, an episode I, long, I, where you know Scrooge and the crew would have I, to I'm you know circumvent expectations yeah, and get I, back their fortune. Sure, sure so what would be the point of that? We know how it's gonna end. We already. Oh, so why why make it a real arc if it is going to be I'm one? Pretty sure what 
surprising. I'm not sure what they're going for is Scrooge is going to sacrifice this to find Della. It's going to be a clue that where Della's on the moon just at the at the climax of the contest, and Scrooge is going to sacrifice that. Gongo's going to win the bet. It gives temporary, like, run Scrooge's company, and then they'll find a way to get it back. But see, that, that that's the problem, right? If it ends up being temporary, it's like, what's the point of making exactly. this a story, Exactly, what's the right? point? But, like, also, I will say, what, the the weird part of this episode is at, at the end when he does this whole bet. I had to rewatch this ending, like, three different times because I was like, wait, what is going... Like, it feels so detached from the rest of the episode for some reason to me. Like, it, it feels like a really weird, weird way to end. And, like, then Louis, like, the last line is like, oh, I think we missed something important. But, like, I was like, wait, is this important? Like, I'm not, like, I wasn't really sure, like, <laughs> this whole thing is as, as Steve is positing. And maybe he's, he's probably right that this is actually going to be something that they're setting up to be a recurring thing. But at the time when I was watching, I was like, wait, why, why are we doing this? I, I really doubt, though, this is going to last the whole season. I think this whole competition be like ha- like half the season. I think by the I mid-season. really hope it's like maybe one more episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that. maybe maybe be one more episode where we focus on that, but I'm sure we're going to go on and off of that for a bit. And, and it, uh, admittedly, this does remind me of a like a, the episode one of this season also ends with like Louis opening a business, and we just ended there <laughs> without that really having yeah. much of an effect. So like the the season does seem to be doing the thing of like dropping things at the end of episodes, hoping uh, and we we're left to be hoping that they're gonna pick them up later in the season. But it, they just they I think episode one did a better job at connecting it to the rest of the episode, whereas this one like it it, it feels strange. Maybe because of the fact that Glomgold's persona and Duke Baloney's persona, as we saw in the whole episode, are just so yeah so different, so jarringly different. Um, how did you guys feel about his his time as Duke Baloney? The, the um, how, how did you take a liking to him? <laughs> uh, sad. It was kind of tragic. Kind of, it made me really sympathize with him. Just realizing though, um, like what Rango, he pretty much his obsession pretty much controls his whole life. He probably never found like never had any family, never found love. Never found any really content of happiness beyond just his grudge with Scrooge. It's really yeah, it made me like the ultimate team Glongoed guy. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not rooting for him to like win over Scrooge. I'm just saying, in terms of him being one of the better characters in the series. And uh, like as we mentioned earlier, um, one of the weird details that we add is that he has a South African accent, which I never noticed in this show. But also, I if you told me before this episode what is a South African accent sounds like, I don't think I'd be able to tell you. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. they pointed out, and I'm like, oh, is it okay? I, I, I don't know. know. I suppose it could be. I don't know either. He he, uh, he doesn't sound anything like Trevor Noah, so. I don't know. Well, yeah, but not, not all not all South Africans sound the same. But at the same time, like I I, I would also be like, well, he kind of sounds Australian, New Zealand. Yeah, I thought like, it was more Australian, honestly. Yeah, but uh, just English has a wide variety of accents, and so South African is another one that um, we, we are introduced to here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do like the idea of just Glamgold after seeing him be Scott fa- fake Scottish for so long, and now we finally hear him speak normally, and it's still it's still an interesting voice regardless so good for him 
Um, he, he's also in this alternate universe. Uh, he's become a fisherman with uh, Man and Fisher. Um, sure. uh, how did you feel about these new uh, oh. new characters? Any real thoughts on them? They're great! They're so supportive and down-to-earth, and they were exactly what Duke Bologna needed. It's terrible that he cast them aside I, to resume yeah. his old form. I, I love them, too, man. They're awesome. It just... It seems all like of Glango's little side like pals are just I really like like the like his henchmen in the first episode of the series and now these characters and I'm kind of hoping it's not the same fate as we never see them again but I like them and I thought Gray Griffin did a great job as man of but uh, yeah she introduces herself as Fisher person um in the, in the opening yeah. intro there and they have like that I, in, uh, fun well, dialogue it's not, back and it's forth. Not confirmed are they married or a couple or not i i i, I think they're just oh i think uh, they're related yeah. are they My brother and they, sister they look so similar yeah they're siblings they could be siblings or something but they mentioned the idea of adopting a duke into their family so they must be related somehow yeah, and it's like a, a, being on the docks, having a family fishing business. Yeah. That's uh, very, very wholesome. In a way, they remind me of the uh, Sky Pirates. Uh, yeah, we, we've had a couple of these uh, yeah. um, groups of occupation, the interesting occupations in this. In this, I gotta show. give them so credit. They um, do a good job of giving interesting, like background, like I won't say like henchmen oh, even though these characters are not henchmen but you know background characters right and i think yeah. these are like not nice nice people so yeah. like uh, you're you're rooting for duke Maloney to like stay around with these people like uh, maybe we can just check back in with them if we decide to stay, leave him that way but it doesn't happen and uh, in part because uh, these uh, louis and webby are bothering <laughs> glumgold into trying to make him remember things um what one sequence I do want I want to highlight especially is the, the nightmare sequence he has in the middle just because like I, I think that it is very interestingly animated and it's unique for for Ducktales to go this kind of um um what's the word uh, not 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 bizarre but like uh, I guess like symbolic language like it's stuff that the that the show hasn't done that often. We have stuff like uh, uh, Webby and Louie dancing on bagpipes. You got uh, young Glomgold glitching in and out between him and the uh, the CEO. Uh, you got Ooh, lots of imagery, I like, like Scrooge's jacket. Um, I, I don't know if, if you guys felt similarly about the sequence or not. Oh, or not that oh totally. I don't know. To- yeah, totally. It, it felt like a French 1970s avant-garde film. That's what it <laughs> felt like to me. That is a very specific aesthetic, but I I, I buy that. <laughs> well, compared more with Disney, though, it felt more like it felt like Alice in Wonderland type of psychedelic type of stuff, which Disney has done in the past. Or Dumbo, Dumbo. That's another good comparison too. They had some psychedelicish stuff. But you mentioned before, character. I we should, hopefully we don't forget to mention the CEO. I really liked her. She's very likable. She's yeah. good at her job. She's donating to charity. That's or she's getting screwed. She's donating to charity, which is even better. Yeah, yeah. Zan Alson. Um, she's an owl. <laughs> oh. oh, do you know where she graduated from? Um, it's a uh, school that's sort of named after Mickey Mouse. Uh, I, I miss that. Yeah, I, I know they mentioned she graduated from business school or something. In yeah, the but, beginning, so. but but yeah, um, that kind of proves though that 
Mickey Mouse exists in this universe, but we're not sure though if it's the same Mickey Mouse that's sort of pals with Donald, or is Mickey Mouse that's sort of a big star that only Donald knows as a big star. Uh, it's a whole complex thing if you okay, read the comics. Um, <laughs> uh, as for Allison, she she does appear at the beginning to be like I'm taking over the company, and then at the very end, she's just making uh, he's helping Scrooge to sign the document, but then she just has to witness Scrooge and. The Glomgold do their thing, and it's just like, well, I'll just sign it for you guys. So uh, it seems like she's still gonna be ch- uh, do handling the business, even if Glomgold's around, which I'm totally okay with. Just yeah, her being around. Like <laughs> um, yeah, competence. Um, she's very competent, and uh, I don't know before. I wonder though if uh, we're gonna if Webby's new friend is related to her because they do look similar. Uh, you mean Lena? Lena? No, no, no or, another or, friend, another new friend. Webby's gonna make that was revealed at San Diego Comic Con. I've shown you uh, pictures uh, of that before. You, you, you people and your spoilers. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, let's hear uh, <laughs> other notable things here. Uh, oh, Gl- Glamworld as Duke Baloney is still doing wacky plans to uh, attack McDuck's uh, boat in this case. So eventually he gets the shark with bombs, which I feel like is something we've seen in this show before. So like oh, that's a, like a very classic Glomgold <laughs> thing to well, do. Well, at least he's not using guns. Um, uh, in a comics, he you he, he always used guns all the time. He always took like oh <laughs> yeah no no yeah well well that reminds me another sequence that is impressive in this is when he <laughs> g- goes down into the ocean. He remembers he's Glomgold, and so when he comes back out, it's like the lightning is going on, the ocean is rubbing, and he he throws Webby into the ocean, which I was <laughs> it was, was intense, like, yeah. Whoa, what's, what's going yeah. On? And then like the maniacal laughs, like the, 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 <laughs> those little mo- those little moments do help to like give a Glomgold some legitimacy as a villain like he like even though this is disney like he's he'll do he'll still do like very bad like bad things <laughs> like 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 throwing a, a child into the water so I, mm. I, I was impressed by that scene as well like the whole atmosphere and just the glomgo like totally going all out villain i i, uh-huh. I enjoyed that part as well and he had his fake beard in his pocket the whole time <laughs> <laughs> yes that he gets hit by lightning, so, so but yeah. somehow only his beard burns off. So that that's impressive. Uh, let's hear and uh, and um, yeah, what Webby and Louis are around. Um, they they don't do too much except try to remind uh, Glom- Glomgold that he's Glomgold. Um, Louis has a couple of lines that I liked, like. Um, Webby said his life is like a haiku, and Louis is like, "Yeah, it's vague garbage that stretchily makes no sense," <laughs> which is quite the attack on poetry. Yeah, but I, I think I agree with him. Like haikus are a little overrated at this mm-hmm. point. Any anything else you guys want to take out from this episode that mm-hmm. stood out to you? Well, it's the very first episode which Dewey's not in, so now every character. Is that true? Oh. Yes. But, so now pretty much every oh, character yeah. has not appeared in every episode. Every character's been absent at least one episode, so it's an officially an ensemble show now. <laughs> yeah, wow, an episode without blue shirts. What what a yeah. miracle. That's pretty American. I wish that was the case for the next one also. <laughs> wow, nah. wow. Okay, we're well, tipping yeah. your hand a little we're bit gonna, here. We're going to get into it. <laughs> oh, um, we can get into it now if anybody has if, if if no one else has anything to say about the Glam Gold episode. I already which, mentioned uh, or mentioned how I think this contest is sort of a setup to the Della plot, how that's connected. Uh, yeah. Okay, so I got nothing else to add. Okay, good, okay. good. Yeah. Um, so, now this other episode. Um, <laughs> Take it away, it, Alex. 
Go ahead. Well, we, we, we've hinted at it a couple of times on the podcast that there was going to end up being a, an episode of with the Three Caballeros, which is a, uh, a another Disney property that exists out there, Friends of Donald. <laughs> and uh, people were, hi- were, were hyped about it because I guess that is a popular nostalgic thing. Um, mm-hmm. Before we, I know we probably talked about this before, but uh, um, uh, I mean, I'm sure Steve has watched Three Caballeros. <laughs> I have not. So I don't I don't really have any connection to it. Yeah, Michelle, do you? Uh, only the vaguest connection. I, no, I haven't okay. seen that in a long time, though. So it's oh, okay. So you don't have too much nostalgia for this. No, either, but I, so. but I do have nostalgia to the idea of Donald having these two sidekicks. I love the idea of Donald. Like for once, he's the star. He has two sidekicks, opposed to the old star when Mickey was the star and Donald was one of his two sidekicks. So yeah, check that. Right. Donald's not your sidekick anymore. <laughs> Uh, well, he's going yeah. duck now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he's he, Donald has been a popular character for us in the past. So, like the, having a Donald episode in itself is a good thing, I think, in the whole. But um, how how did how do you guys feel about three the three Cavalleras in this episode? Uh, Michelle, do you have any thoughts? Like with the characters themselves. Oh, the characters, and I guess the episode as a whole. We can go into that too. I think the characters were charming and fun. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, okay. the episode was really usurped by this just weird Instagram nonsense that you want me about, Alex. Oh, okay. We can talk about that first, actually, if you want. No, I think uh, you might be mad about it for different reasons. So I really do think we should hash it out. Uh, okay, well, okay. we'll focus on the Caballero stuff first. Uh, uh, St- Steve, how, how do you feel about the Caballero side of this episode? It's fine. It was, it was fine. Um, yeah, I love seeing those two again. Um, and also love, though, seeing this side of Donald. Um, throughout the whole series, Donald just been Mr. Responsible, Mr. Adult, um, Mr. Like Dad, Donald, and this one we kind of see classic Donald, the Donald I, I grew up with, the Donald I'm used to, the Donald that would have something like these hairbang schemes, the Donald that really like is short tempered and just would go all out and not think things through. This is the Donald I love, so yeah. Now you'll you'll have to forgive me because I don't have much cartoon experience. But to me, like, this almost feels like Donald is playing the character of Daffy, because this feels like a very Daffy thing to do, like, lie about your background to impress other people. Like, I I don't have much connection Mm -hmm. with Donald, so maybe they ended up the same character, but, like, this feels like a very Looney Tunes thing. Well, he has done before, though, last season. Not really lie, but the the Gladstone episode, um, he he cared very much over looking cool for Louie in that episode, so... We saw okay. seen that side of him. May not okay, go this fair, far. Fair enough. But like, uh, yes, this episode in general just kind of annoyed me because it feels like a very bo- boring trope to do the lying to that you are bigger just right. to impress other people. Like, it's not something I'm that interested in. Yeah. I don't think the episode did anything interesting And we know how it's going to turn out. Yeah, and also the yeah. trope of they are all lying at, at the same time. I've seen yeah, that before. that's also too. a trope. Yeah. Yeah. No, and like it once again, tropes are fine, but like you got to do something interesting with it. And I don't think that this does much for Donald really and the three caballeros. Like they're charming enough, but it doesn't really help their cause. Well, the part I just found most interesting though, and they really didn't do anything with, and the fact that it was confirmed though that they, Jose and Panchito, they knew the nephews before they were born. 
So they must have known Della probably, and they and they know Scrooge. So they probably knew maybe they knew something about about what, what kind of relationship Donald had with Scrooge and what and maybe they were around when they had that big falling out with the whole spirit Celine or. And uh, we can we can theorize that yeah. obviously, but as you mentioned, this episode doesn't touch on that at all. I know. It characterizes them as like Donald's old college band, and like they like annoyed Scrooge in his garage, and they're just wacky people. So we don't really get any of the of like epic uh, things to uh, like look forward to. And Jose to was them. not was not his flirtatious self. We did not flirt with anybody. I mean, um, okay, I wasn't talking about that at all. But sure, um, uh, yeah, and better off that they avoid that stereotype of Latino character. Thank you very much. Okay. So good, good, good for them. But uh, yeah, so the, the, the three caballeros themselves, I think that there, there is potential there, as you mentioned, like we can go into Donald's past and once again, like think connect stuff to the story that we're interested in, which is the Della story. Like yeah. that would be great, but this episode doesn't do that. And so it ends up just being like a standalone fun nostalgia thing but like as compared to other episodes that this show has done for nostalgia stuff i don't think that it succeeds as much as it it had hoped for and um i guess the 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 key piece at the end is like them doing the three caballeros song which i am aware of like that's kind of their signature song mm-hmm. and they end up performing it in a way where they attack the plant that's uh, attacking the city and they like punch people donald is really bad at singing i, I think that sequence is fine and it, it's like funny enough that donald st- yeah. sucks at singing oh man if only you had yeah. i love his singing it's amazingly yeah. bad it's like he's screaming <laughs> maybe that's part of the charm Back exactly, but I do kind of wonder though what John Tito Donald would sound like. <laughs> um, wait, wait, one more thing though. This episode does, is like is right up there with the other money, other money, the other bin as a very dark episode when you think about it. And it's pretty much implied though that this city pretty much was destroyed. Was everyone in the city was killed by this plant, and probably all these people like the plant disguised as. Are probably dead people, like people that once lived there, and now they're dead, and now they're plant using like their like their faces to disguise itself. At least that's the way I think about it. So, right, and I, I agree that the the imagery of when when the humans turn into the plants, like that that that's a fun fun imagery to use. I don't think that it was used enough. Like I got the we're cutting back between them and then the three caballeros fighting, and then we cut back to the the kids getting eaten by the plan. Then we cut back to inside the oh. restaurant. So like I uh, like I think that they kind of like try to juggle stuff that maybe distracted us from from that. But it was impressive for the moments that we got to see the the plant well, stuff happen. Well, I do like to I literally though I do like the three caballeros and their plot better than the other plot in this episode. I think Jose uh, okay, you were so, better than uh, blue shirt in, in green shirt. Definitely less yeah, annoying. Yeah, let, let, let's let's <laughs> talk about this, okay? Um, so the, the the B plot of this episode is that Webby is impressed with the town and like wants to learn about the history of the town, but Dewey is one of these dang millennials who only look at stuff through their uh, phone and Instagram and things Louis, yeah. all the time and don't experience nature in its natural habitat. So, uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much the story. And then at the end, he's like, okay, I'll just delete the photos and, yeah, whatever. Oh, man. Like, it doesn't do anything. That just doesn't do mean anything. anything. It's just, don't it's we just have complaining a... about mole- about the kids and their phones. Doesn't... Like, I, I, I don't know what the point don't is. Don't we have a villain that is pretty much acts like a millennial anyway? Yes, we already have that! And what I honestly don't get is why, like, 
Webby, who is the same age as Blue Shirt, is the one saying, like, you need to experience the fl-. That is something a 40-year-old person would say. That is not something a <laughs> Webby-year-old person would say. And that was the most egregious well, mishap, in my opinion. Hmm, well, she's like, oh, we'll, we'll make a kid say this, so it'll sound legit, right? Well, no, well, no, she- no. Well, to be fair, though, she did live a very isolated life, so she didn't really grow up like a normal kid, so... But she knows about technology! Uh, Also, like, uh, I I, I just want to say personally, I have never used Instagram, so, like, I'm just totally detached from this. Like, also all the hashtags and filters, like, it feels very fake social media-y, like, I I don't know if, like, people actually take the time like in the moment to do all this stuff or like wouldn't they just like save the photos and then like post them when they get home it, or at the hotel dep- or something it depends on the timing mm. sometimes you gotta do it in the moment sometimes you wait but you don't want to forget do you, do you instagram in the moment michelle i don't instagram though but sometimes i tweet in the moment and that's like very important it has to be right right then mm. before it's the old news you know, and that's thing, because at the end of the trip, Webby's like, oh, I want to see all those photos now and relive those memories. So she still likes the idea, mm-hmm. even despite everything she said. You can't have it both ways. Mm-hmm. Well, look, I, I, I also agree with the idea that you take photos to relive them later. But at this, like, the, the problem is this episode ends with him deleting all the photos. Know, it doesn't make sense. It's like, Webby liked the photos at the end, even though she dissed them the whole time. And then he was for them. And then he deleted them. So who's in the right? I don't know. I'll let you two argue this. I, I am just I'm above uh, social the... media arguments. Yeah. Um, um, the, the big thing though is we all might be missing is we might have a new addition to the family if you watch closely what is someone uh, birth to is, is someone marked in the hashtag no no we got no because we're, we're still on hashtag oh discussion God. no 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 what happened end of the episode if you know it's on the plane ride you know who's on the plane with them the burrow the donkey uh, oh, okay, okay, sure, but did, did they, if they if they didn't Instagram about the burrow, does the burrow actually exist in the show? Uh, well, the burrow actually According very good. According to Richard, no. According to oh. Webby, yes. But, by the way, there are several lines in this Instagram B story that stood out to me. First uh-huh. of all, if no no picture didn't happen. Like, that, that's a very, a very um, <laughs> on-the-nose modern internet line to throw in, like... Uh, uh, I don't know if I should be impressed or enraged. Both. There's room for both. Well, well, but, but more importantly, I, I get this is a uh, G-rated podcast, so forgive me. But we go through the whole. Why don't you have any pictures of feet? And then <laughs> Louis goes back because that would be weird. Like this is a fair. I, I get the yeah, joke is that, that the weird? plants. The, the plant people don't have feet, but going through a whole foot picture thing, uh, obviously older adults on the internet will know why this is weird. Um, th- this is a very weird joke to insert in DuckTales. Well, I like didn't even catch that the first time, but um, thanks for enlightening us, Alex. If you check why I just put this here, it's very, Toro <laughs> is kind of could be important character. I, I see store character. Steve is trying to distract us from this important yeah, social media discussion. Yeah, he's a He's Donald. He was Donald's pet, like, in his, like, early cartoons. 
Yeah. Donald had a pet donkey, so sidekick. So I'm kind of wondering if there's a reference to that. And yeah. kind of be cool. Maybe Donald can have a little pet. Just Well, Donald looked janky back in this. Yeah. Look at his beak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michelle is discovering 1940s Disney animation <laughs> live on air. Jenny the Burrow. I think she's the MVP. I'm, I'm hoping, man, if, if that, that's a girl and they call her Jenny, please, just for the latest that reference, please show... I, I believe they they gave him a very long fake name in this episode that I didn't write down, so I, sure? I think that's shot down. Right. Yeah, they're like something something uh, bur- burrito the third well, or something like that. Well, so. like, I'm not sure if that's just the name um Dewey or gave. I'm not sure. And besides, if they took it as a pet, they could always rename it. So yeah. I have to share this um, picture of Donald. I'm. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> you have to experience it. <laughs> Oh, all right. Um, stay tuned to Michelle's social media accounts oh, to find. Uh, There's just for you. Be careful. Oh, it's just for me. Oh, okay, fine. Here I'm, I'm like what well, the like kind of authority of Donald yeah. Duck of Donald Duck. Look at that um, scary one. Oh yeah. Uh, okay, um, I'll, I'll give you the, that. This is a very creepy picture. Um, this might be the screen cap for our uh, podcast. Really sorry the episode though. Confusing people. <laughs> But, um, yeah, just to we confuse gotta put people, Discord, but, uh, <laughs> we gotta put it on Discord at least. But um, like I said, I'm the authority. I'm one of the authorities of definitely Donald Duck expert of knowing about Donald Duck's history and stuff. So I always catch stuff like that. You can't sneak one by me. <laughs> Uh, well, one fi- final thing before we move off the social media thing. Uh, at the beginning, he uh, uh, Dewey is putting filters on his photos, and he pronounces it sepia. I've always pr- I've pronounced it sepia, but where do you stand on the sepia versus sepia debate, Michelle? I would have read it as sepia, but sepia sounds more legit. So hmm. I might have to side with that one. Okay. Steve, where, where do you side? Sepia or sepia? We know you're, you're strong with pronunciations. Yeah. It'll sepia. It's easier to pronounce. Oh, okay, and now I feel low. <laughs> I, thought was, <laughs> I thought I was being smart for you pointing out weird pronunciations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, okay, may, may, maybe. Well, once Dewey is the social media expert, so I'm going to trust his knowledge on filters. Okay. Well, I kind of uh, also felt, yeah, though, so perhaps maybe it should have been Louis that's helping Donald lie instead of Huey. That's sort of his thing more. Is Louie green? Yes, the green one. Ah, yes. see, I'm getting better. <laughs> They're getting there. One of these days, Michelle, by the time the series ends, maybe when we get to the series finale, you'll get, you'll get it. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be in, like, five years. <laughs> Although Steve does raise a good point here. Green shirt Louie is the con man person. Yep. So theoretically, he should be the expert on faking stuff. But they go to Huey because of the thing. Oh, well, I got to do my improv badge. That's <laughs> yeah. good enough for the episode, apparently. <laughs> like, okay, sure. Scrooge is also in this episode. He has a couple of things to do. Um, he, he's the one who calls them the, a college band. And he's annoyed with them and doesn't want to pay for the trip. But he goes along with the lie because he... He thinks that uh, uh, Jose is going to pay for the trip if they continue lying. So he has to pretend to be an old man, and he, like, throws out his back in the process. And uh, he's angry that Donald is spending his money. Um, I I guess that's a connection maybe to the other episode where he's, like, having to... Now he has to stay rich in order to not lose his company. But... I know what you, yeah. what you mean by Scrooge pretending to be an old man. He is an old man. He's like probably two hundred years old. He I, did throw his back for real. That wasn't a mis- That wasn't fake. That happened. <laughs> 
Yeah, he, he didn't need to do much work, but uh, like in most of the show, he's a spry old man, and this one he's just an old man. Like, uh, let's see, any other? Uh, um, I, I have seen online that some people were a little um, hesitant about how the three caviar, uh, how um, Jose and Panchito were treating Donald because, like, they go through this whole story, like, hey, they, the crowd beat you on the head with a guitar, and then at the end, it's like, oh, well, we gave you a concussion too, and stuff. Like, I, I don't know if you guys got any uh, vibe of, like, that just being playful banter, if you got a bit of, like, that being a bit more um, deliberate, deliberately that it was. I wasn't offended. I've seen worse. I mean, if you're seeing, like, some of the stuff Huey doing, Louie does the Donald the old cartoons, much worse stuff. So, and you see the way, if you saw the way Daisy treated Donald in the Legendary Cavaliers cartoon, much worse. So this really is nothing. He's fine, and Scrooge is not that nice to Donald in this series at, in the comics at all. In the comics, Scrooge is essentially can be outright really, really nasty to Donald. So, like I said, I'm used to this Donald abuse, and this is really nothing. <laughs> Look, just just because you're used to abuse exactly. doesn't make it right, Steve. I don't um. want Donald to have anything happen to give him a concussion. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> Well, he's you know how much stuff has happened to Donald, and he's still fine. He's never gotten a concussion, so he's tough. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 related to Donald, we do get a brief moment of Donald rage, which uh, I was disappointed that we were robbed of for this musical sequence. I mean, the musical sequence is fine, but I did want some Donald rage to like be let out on this. Oh, plant. he was ready to beat up that plant, just like he was ready to he beat up the Beagle Boys in like one of the early episodes. <laughs> Yeah, we, we haven't gotten a good Donald fight in a while. Like this is technically a fight, but it's not really a fight. Like it's it's a it's a half music fight sort of thing. Um, let's see any other random stuff that we haven't touched upon. Um, I think you briefly mentioned about them uh, mentioning that they knew the 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 nephews before they were born. They said something about you dropped one of the eggs, and the nephews look at Dewey, and Dewey has like lazy eyes and they're just oh, silently nod so i guess dewey is supposed to be the slow one well, although i don't really get yeah, that impression i don't get that from impression. the rest of the show mm-hmm. oh the person if anyone was dropped on their head when it was an egg was his launch pad so <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, that that would fit a lot more also these are very hard yeah. eggs if you drop yeah. them and they don't break <laughs> but you know <laughs> um, by the way was launch pad yeah. in this episode like i know they're flying back he, I didn't remember seeing him fly the plane. So someone else was flying it. I think he was in the. I mean, he. I think he was in the plane. They just didn't give him a line, which is disappointing. <laughs> but you know, he, oh well. You, you can't overdose on on Launchpad. It makes him. It makes us love him more when he shows up again later. Uh, and uh, yeah. Oh, and just the a fun like it ends with them flying away in the plane, but then we do a cut to the plants be, being cut up, but then it drops uh, something in the ground and it grows another plant. So like I guess that's a setup. Like oh, this could happen again. Ooh. Mm. Like I, I, at that point, I was just like okay, whatever. But <laughs> but like uh, Ducktail seems to be li- liking doing that these days. Just like having something at the very very end, like five seconds to set up something for the future. I, I just just thought like that's that i was like okay ducktail is doing this mm-hmm. again so like okay but uh yeah um and any other things to praise or call out from this episode <laughs> no i think i i said everything i needed to say what about you michelle yeah. uh, michelle final thoughts <laughs> Foxman is so much better than gong gold don't even try to still annoyed that. That. <laughs> i'll agree though but it's not well, scary <laughs> different 
And well, Boxman does have a family. He has his kids. That's the one thing. Yeah, Boxman's got. <laughs> he has, like he has he has Professor Venom. he's a partner in crime. He ha- he built his whole life. He has so much going for him. Glomgold. He's just not even a comparison at all. <laughs> Wow, you're so offended well, by this. <laughs> and so the we the, it looks like they're getting a lot of Donald this season. Like the next two episodes, Donald's going to be in, and, and the next episode we got his boyfriend coming back. So yay! Wow, spoilers. Yeah, this is spoilers. <laughs> yay! <laughs> but but yes, uh, um, the next two episodes uh, that we have titles for are Storkeles and Duckburg, and so that's just the Greek island guys again. We'll probably go back to that. And uh, last Christmas, which I assume will be a holiday episode. So the, the, those are the only two episodes I see here on probably. the Wikipedia article. It's a new so Christmas we'll episode. Have... Probably not going to be any episode till 2019, most likely. Yeah, but that, that seems like a good place to wrap yeah. up. So we'll be back for at least one more podcast this year on DuckTales, it appears. But until then, um, you can always uh, find out uh, more about us at OverlyAnimated.com. You can always join us on Discord if you want to chat with us about DuckTales or any other show we cover at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. Uh, thanks to all of our current patrons, uh, especially our patron of the podcast, uh, Carolyn, a.k.a. Princess. And if you want to support us financially, you can do that at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Stephen, Hugh. And uh, besides DuckTales, we also have stuff on uh, Craig of the Creek up there. We have stuff on uh, Ruby going on right now. We'll have talk on She-Ra coming very soon. Another so 80s reboot. So. That is true. That is true. Um, so something Voltron, I'm less of an expert on. Yeah. So although She-Ra, I'm less of an expert on She-Ra than I am as of DuckTales in terms of the original She-Ra. I barely remember that, but I know a lot about DuckTales, so... Well, that's why you're here, Steve. That's why you're exactly. here on the DuckTales podcast. Uh, yeah, so uh, un- until uh, sometime in December, we'll, we'll, we'll be back to talk about DuckTales. But until then, uh, adios. All right. Bye. Bye.